When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Rock Your Voice podcast. Vocal coaching tips that will transform your voice, interviews that will inspire, industry guidance, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Today on the Rock Your Voice podcast, I'm joined by Canadian country singer-songwriter Robin Ottolini. She's a platinum-selling artist. She went viral with her song F-150 on TikTok. And this conversation is really interesting because we talk about the years of preparation that she put into getting ready for her opportunities and how she stepped into the role of artist and how she's managing all of these transitions and changes in her life. Her new EP, Growing Up To Do, is out right now. I highly recommend you go check it out. And without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful Robin Ottolini. Robin, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm so excited. I love podcasts. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. No, no. I like podcasts because it's like a long interview. You get to talk about way more than just like the five things. I've wanted to chat with you for a while for so many different reasons, because obviously the, the network of Canadian country music and you're down in Nashville though right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm yeah. down in Nashville, but it looks like Canada outside because we just got hit by a snowstorm. So no! It's a snow day for everybody, and I'm loving it. I didn't know how I'd feel about snow in Nashville, but <laughs> I like it. Does it make you homesick? Do you miss Canada? It made me homesick, yeah. It made me really nostalgic. Just looking outside, I was like, dang. Um, just like my car is covered in snow, which is what it would be in Canada. And <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. And I'm just getting over a cold, so Aww. if I cough or need to blow my nose, I'm so sorry. That is quite all right. We can edit that out for you. You started writing when you were really young. Why music? When did you know that music was your jam and you needed to write and express all of your stuff? Yeah, I just always loved music. Um, since like I was a kid. Yeah, I started writing when I was 13 because I just, I don't know what it was or what compelled me. I mean, I loved Hannah Montana as a kid, <laughs> everything like that. I guess I just always loved music and singing and it brought me a lot of joy. Um, but nobody in my family sung or anything. Okay. They would play, like my grandma played instruments and my dad raised me on the radio. But like, other than that, I had nobody like pushing me in this direction. I just really enjoyed singing. Okay, and so where did the support come from then? If it was just you, just little Robin going on a mission, did you just like declare this is what I wanna do? And everyone was like, let's go. I mean, for the longest time, I wanted to be a marine biologist because my family is more like mathematical and okay. I'm mathematical too. But 
I guess the world kept pushing me this way and my parents were very supportive, but they didn't know how to help. So they were just like, if you figure it out, cool, great. Like whatever you want, go for it. Um, But yeah, I just kind of kept singing and and the world kind of lines things up for you. How did you figure it out? What was it? What were the steps that you took? As, as a singer and, and now obviously a successful artist from going from writing in your bedroom to actually reaching the point where it's like, oh, this is this is my job. <laughs> I definitely did lots of covers and I would, um, I picked up the guitar when I was 14 because Taylor Swift played guitar. Okay. So I had to play guitar. Yes. And um, I just kept writing every day and I would play in my bathroom. I just like okay. would sit there for hours and I would do like karaoke in my bathroom and we'd watch American Idol. And then in commercial breaks, I'd go into the bathroom and pretend that I was auditioning. Oh, like, you know, stuff it. like that. I, I was just like, I have to, I have to be ready. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I would just, I don't know. I, I was just compelled to do it. Um, my parents would never make me practice ever. Okay. okay. Um, I never had singing lessons or anything like that. It was just out of the joy of it. And then I'd play at like, talent shows and open mics and keep going. And then I do like the three hours in a bar um, and just kept going. And then it came time when I was like, I don't think anyone's going to hear my songwriting unless I record it myself. Right, right. So then I recorded it and put it out in the world and marketed it as best as I could. For sure, um, for sure. With somebody who had no money except like the tip money that I made waitressing. So yeah, I think the only way out is through so I just kept going I love that so so much how did you enjoy the bar scene the playing the three hours and doing all of that kind of stuff when you're working your way up with with originals in your back pocket how did you enjoy doing all that yeah I um I kind of actually liked it I would it would just be me and my guitar most of the time and I would just play in the corner of a restaurant or breweries and um people loved it and they were always kind and supportive and I'd sneak in originals when I thought they were ready, especially at open mic nights. You can yeah. always try an original there. I enjoyed it. Nice. I mean, when you start doing like four to five times a night on top of waitressing, yes. it gets a little exhausting, but that's part of the grind. How long would you say before things really kicked in for your career that you were committed to the music and, and doing that, you know, pulling the double shift of like, this is my daytime gig, but this is my passion. Like how long were you doing that for before the traction sort of happened? I said at 20 that I would give music my whole heart. And so I was waitressing at the age of 20 Mm -hmm. and it took me five years before the traction really started. Um, Around when I was 25, I think, yeah, 25 is when COVID hit, 25 or 26. Um, I think I turned 26 in COVID. And then, um, yeah, after that, in like September, my song went viral on TikTok and I got the traction I needed yeah. to get me to Nashville and and support my career so as cool. just a career and yes. I didn't have to waitress anymore. So yeah, it took about five years of really, really going for it. Right. It was an EP, a single, and then another EP before I caught traction. Right, right. It's a lot of money when you're doing it alone, but totally. I was good at serving French fries, I guess. <laughs> I was good at refilling drinks. Thank you Always handy to have that skill in your back pocket. Uh, so yeah. how does it feel? Because you probably get 
and I'm sure and and this is why one of the reasons I started this podcast to talk to artists like yourself to explain to singers and emerging artists and people who want to do this that it isn't just you throw a video on TikTok and then suddenly you're Robin Ardellini. It's like famous. Woo! Exactly. It's the the kind of I always refer to the ten year overnight success and how when we see people breaking those barriers, there's been a shit ton of work behind the scenes yeah. for many, many years. Like I had been writing since I was 13 and I finally caught traction at 26. Right. So it's like, uh, yeah, if you are an overnight person, I feel really bad because right. I think you, you lack the maybe skill that you'll mm -hmm. need and the ability to take no as an mm -hmm. answer. So yeah, it is not an overnight thing. Um, thank goodness. Yeah. Because um, if it was, I don't think you'd appreciate it as much. Yeah, it's it's a whirlwind, and it gets harder the farther you go. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, the more traction you have, the faster you have to run, which is the wildest part. But hey, it's the it's, uh, the dream. So. It is. It is. That's that's so true. The more more that you have sort of going on, the faster you have to run, and it blows my mind just as well as as a, a voice coach and working in artist development when i see people and they're sometimes just being so lazy and they're just like when's it gonna happen and it's like when are you gonna do some work <laughs> like do you realize yeah. what needs to it's go it's gonna happen when you work for years <laughs> yeah yeah totally and you, and you work really really hard so are you kind of self-taught with voice and with guitar did you end up training in any of that I, uh, when I got signed to my first record deal, I got a vocal coach. Nice, yeah. nice. Because it was, it was just so much on my voice. Yes. And um, I didn't have the tools to keep it alive. Yeah, yeah. And I found in my first year being signed, I would lose my voice very easily. Yeah. And that's very scary when you're a singer with demands. And I'm very lucky uh, with who my vocal coach was. And, um, I never had to miss a show or anything. Awesome. Um, she kept me. She kept me going. Love it. Um, and gave me lots of, you know, band aids and repairs and like, oh. here's what you got to do. And there were some days where I didn't talk at all yeah. just to keep it safe. Um, but yeah, I I did get vocal lessons. Nice, nice. Did you did you learn guitar as well? Did you have guitar lessons? Or um, I only had first? guitar lessons my first year, okay, and then cool. since since that like. Yeah, until I was 15 and then nice. nice. And then the red. I just wanted chords. As long as I know chords, yeah, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And then then that's the fun part. Is you just like show other people and yeah. be like, "Play my music." Yeah. The only reason I wanted guitar was just to write right. music. Yeah. So it was just a means to an end. But I'm not in love with guitar the way I am with singing. Totally. Totally. I do love it. Yeah, singing is just like there's something so special about that and so vulnerable and genuine and and I guess speaking of vulnerable and genuine your your songwriting is uh it's incredibly honest and and real and raw and i absolutely i love your songs and i love your music when i look back when i was as a teenager writing songs and even a little bit older when i was i was writing and recording and stuff i was real out there i was so honest with everything and one of the albums i did was actually at my dad's studio and he helped me produce it and now I look back, I'm like, holy shit, I was saying all of this in front of my dad, <laughs> like all of this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what have you, 
ever got to a point where you you find you censor yourself more or you're you hold back on what you really want to say or are you always let it all out i'm pretty balls to the wall because there's just no other way yeah for movies um and yeah like i just released probably my most vulnerable song called sick of sex and i played it i i opened up for shania on tour uh in 2023 and i played it in front of like thousands of people and uh, in the back of my mind when I'm singing it, I'm like, you're an idiot for doing this. <laughs> but uh, And like my dad's in the stadium yes, and everything. Yes. The mayor of my hometown's in the Aww. stadium. Um, but it's just like, yeah, there's no there's no other way for me to do it at least. Like I just, I, I think I would get bored of singing right. basic songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, just personally, um, I know for other people it makes them happy and and they enjoy that but yeah for me i really enjoy being really vulnerable and um the shock value that it brings right and yeah it makes me laugh (laughs) do you do you find that there's the fun side of it do you find sometimes that it's it's quite quite an emotional toil on you too when you have to go there with your songs or, or are you quite good at balancing that I think for me, I'm going to be toiling emotionally anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm such an overthinker. Right. Like um, with sick of sex, like those emotions are already in my mind. I don't right. have to dig for them. Right, I, right. I'm already going through it. So I'm like, I might as well put it to a melody yeah. and get it out of my head. And I find songwriting helps me to stop like um, spiraling on emotions. For sure. That's so awesome. the quicker that I write it down and get it on a page, okay. the faster I can like be a human. Yeah, process it and there <laughs> it is. It's... Yeah, get rid of it. Yeah. How, how do you feel when it's on stage and you're digging into that stuff? Do you have a technique to kind of manage it and not really kind of experience those emotions again and perform versus, or do you let yourself go there? I let myself go there. Um, I have, or I had, have hash, I don't know, you know how you're touring and you work with someone and then six months later you work with them again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I was getting ready for the show, I had a performance coach who I find I'm just such like a happy, woo, silly person right, right. that to like connect was hard. Um, and they said, just listen to your own lyrics yes. and like, don't think about anything else. And I found doing that would put me right back into the place, um, which I found very interesting mm-hmm. because it's just like how so easy it's just yeah if i just really focus on what the lyrics are saying i go right back into it and i think that's a beautiful thing so you've done your eps you've done your stuff you're working on marketing yourself and then how long had you been hustling on tiktok before f-150 kicked in um tiktok's funny because my boyfriend at the time loved watching tiktok so i would watch it too okay so my algorithm was more comedy okay i would do like lip syncs to like comedy like i would do jokes um and i would get no views and no likes because i was nobody from nowhere (laughs) um and then i actually went to my neighbors and he said people like their lives change with music on tiktok like you should post your music and i was like oh never thought of that and i think i was posting for maybe a month before f-150 went viral and that was months after it was six months after F-150's release. So the song was already out. Wow. So when it went viral, everyone could just go stream it immediately. Yeah. Um, which was fantastic because, awesome. you know, they get so tired of waiting for music yeah. on TikTok. I'm trying to like 
think I should look back and actually see how long I was doing it. But before mm -hmm. F-150 went viral, I had a viral video with another song called Good Shit and stuff like that. So I kind of started to grasp the magnitude that could happen. Right. But yeah, Good Shit's virality is nothing compared to what F-150 did. Right, right. And at that point, were you signed when F-150 came out? Were you already? No. No, okay. So, so then everything sort of snowballs and um, it's kind of wild actually, because that was around the same time that, that I met um, a friend, a mutual friend, Kurt Dahl. Um, I love yeah, it's so funny. Whenever I mention him on the podcast, everyone's just like, I love Kurt. An angel. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I refer to him quite a lot in the podcast because I'm always telling people like how freaking important it is to have the right team and the right people in your corner. And so when, when all of that kind of process happened, how did you know or what, like who who called you what happened where where were you pushed and pulled and was it kind of a bit hectic and chaotic or was it like this is awesome it was hectic and chaotic and very scary it was like covid and i mean i got my first i think my first dm was my publisher now okay DJ um but i started getting dms from a and r's from labels right and then i in my millennial i'm old enough that I grew up with the internet, but also I'm aware of scams yeah, brain yeah. was like, this isn't real. These <laughs> people aren't real. But then I'd start Googling cause I like to do research. Yes. And I was just like, holy shit. Like these, yeah. this is weird. Um, <laughs> and then my management hooked me up with Kurt. Yeah. Which was great cause Perfect. he's the best. And then, yeah, I had like 10 labels from Nashville chatting with me um, and a bunch of publishers and booking agents Amazing. and CMT. And I just, it was such a blur mm -hmm. and it was really stressful because yeah, people promise you so much yep. and they're telling you how great you are. And you're like, I'm just a girl from Canada. So the imposter syndrome was insane. Right. Um, and I remember I started therapy like that week. Good. I was like, I need to piss <laughs> <Yep>. immediately. Because <laughs> um, it was just so much. Um, and I ended up going with Warner Music Nashville and Warner Chapel. Um, and I've since been dropped from the label as of last year, right. which was really hard. For sure. But therapy. Yes. All good. Yes. Uh, part um, of the flow though. It's part of the journey. It's uh... I'm always told you don't get success until like your third label. So <laughs> I always say if, if you're paying your bills, doing something that you love, you've freaking made it. Like that's. Yes. That label got me so much and, and did so much for me that I never would have been able to do a lot. Yeah. So it was definitely amazing. I think without COVID, I probably never would have got signed. But because of COVID, I think a lot of my career got put on hold. So it's right. like. It's very, it was a catch 22, but I'm definitely happy it happened. So then obviously Kurt was part of the, the team. Negotiations, yeah. What did your family, cause again, not having a family that was in the industry. So who is your ground level support? Cause it, sometimes some people are just like, I've got, well, my dad was in the industry or so-and-so was in the, so some, there's someone in the family who knows. And, but if, if that's, if you're stepping into such a big transition so quickly, who, who were your people and how did they help you keep yourself grounded to, for want of a less cliche term, but 
keep you um, in a straight and narrow? I think the support system, I mean, Kurt was a big support okay. when it came to it all. He was just lovely. Um, and then I have two managers and they helped the best they could. Um, I was their first artist Amazing. that they were managing and their only artist. So, so cool. it was pretty new for them too. So Kurt had like been through getting a label yeah. and, and contracts. He'd been through it all and he knew how stressful it was. Yeah. And he was just like, this is unprecedented just because like TikTok was, there was all these artists getting signed from TikTok. And yeah. he was like, this is just unprecedented times. So he was really patient and kind. And then obviously the therapist was great. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend at the time was very nice. Um, but yeah, I didn't have many people in the industry to lean on yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I had like a few songwriting friends. My friend Lydia Sutherland was phone call away. I and my it. parents, they, they're chill. I yeah, mean, my yeah. parents love me no matter what. So they were, they had no idea what was going on, but they were stoked, right. uh, you know? <laughs> um, they were like, I don't know what a record deal is. Um, yeah, yeah. And even like my high school friends, they're like, I was like, yeah, I'm like signing to a major label in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And my one friend was like, is that like good? Like, what does that mean? And I was just like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, maybe it's not that good. I don't know. I don't know. Is this good? Um, so I have to say, like, I think Kurt and my managers were probably the the people to lean on the most. Right. But Kurt, Kurt took a lot of phone calls with me. Yeah, that's, that's so awesome to have that because you hear of just so many disasters and it's just like, what? And you you actually just said it right right on in the beginning about about you practicing for your idol auditions in the commercial breaks about I wanted to be prepared for, for when the opportunities yeah. and literally the podcast that I just released yesterday was all about that being prepared for when these opportunities arise because when they do come it's gonna be fast and it's gonna be hectic and it's gonna be crazy so you yeah. better have your ducks in a row I think it was um just Sam that had won idol and then it it all went to shit because they didn't know what what it was all what it meant signing your life away to Disney it's like this is great it's like is it though I always say if I go on a show like that I always want to get second place yes yeah, that's the way to do it that's the way to do it I want to get second yeah uh, yeah because then I can get the fans and get the momentum but not get the contract exactly you want to be what Adam Lambert I think he was a non a non-winning success story yeah. but yeah totally that's the way to do it but being prepared for and like you said with your voice the guitar like when you're thrown into a really busy hectic routine if you don't have that and and thank you for saying therapist because honestly I'm everyone that I work with I'm like do you have a good one and I'm not being ironic or comical I'm just saying like do you legit have a yeah. good one because it's so you need important. someone who's gonna tell you like take a break yes <laughs> protect yourself they know <laughs> yep and singer brain is I think it's something that's just natural within singers not only from like a vocal mechanism perspective but from just personality we try so hard at everything yeah. <laughs> and like you say to have someone to be like yes yes to go and be human so that's really fascinating actually because listening to your lyrics and how genuine and kind of chill everything like you're just like this is it you know this this went this way that went that way 
Are you like that day to day? Do you manage things that way day to day or do you, or are you, do you, you carry things quite heavy or? Definitely. It depends on the time of the month. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but I do, I do care too much. And I think for like the first year and a bit that I was with the label, I cared too much right. and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and especially imposter syndrome. I was like, I don't deserve this and I'm not good enough. And I had a lot of like re repetitive thoughts mm. um, that never went away until recently. I did some intensive therapy oh, and they go. got away. It's so freeing. Um, but yeah, I used to be very nitpicky, perfectionism, hard on myself, hard on my team. Um, just being like, if you want to be the best, we have to be the best. And now in my ripe age of 28, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? if this is all that I have, and this is all, if, if this is as far as I've gone, mm -hmm. that was good enough for me. Like this is anything else that I work hard for, I will really love yeah. and it, I yeah. won't take it for granted. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely learned to calm the, can I, can I you can here? say whatever you like. Calm the fuck down. Yes. Uh, and just appreciate the smaller wins. Yes. Um, I think I wasn't able to appreciate the big wins because I had so many so quickly mm -hmm. that now I'm like, any win you get now, you celebrate. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's harder than you think though. When, when you've been given so many great opportunities, it's hard to see how amazing they are. The smaller steps too, it's so interesting. I had a big conversation with, with some people the other days about this, about how we have these big goals and again, singer brain of like, this is what I have to achieve to, to validate myself as a freaking human. It's like, no, it's like, but what are the 80 steps that you took to get even close to this big goal? Like all of those things it, is huge. Like all of those, m leaving Canada, moving to Nashville, that's gotta be crazy. That's insane. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm more a permanent resident of Canada, but I'm, definitely down here quite a bit a big yeah, like i'm gonna jump into writing this year nice more than i ever have because i always wanted to be a songwriter yes. like before everything like i love singing and now that i'm an artist i really love being an artist yeah um but i always started with songwriting and now i'm kind of like what would it look like if i gave all this time and energy to writing like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how many songs could i get cut how many artists could I help tell their story? Yes. Um, and I'm really excited to open that field this year. But yeah, like I never, I mean, I'd always wanted a record deal mm -hmm. and I never imagined I could ever get there. Right. So like, just the fact that I did that is insane to me. You it know? It is, it's huge. Like it's huge. And where you're at and where you're going, if the past is going to show you anything, you do not know what yeah. is around your next corner. <laughs> and I used to never be able to sell like a ticket to a show. Right. And then I just went on my first headlining tour in Canada and like I could sell tickets. And yeah. I'm like, that is success to me. Yes. This is, if this is as far as I go, if this is all I do, this is amazing. If I can sell in an arena, yeah. amazing. Yes. But for now, this is amazing. Yeah. You're doing it, you're doing it. And I think that is fantastic. Yeah. And that's a good way to think of it because otherwise I think it's quite terrifying. And it's been quite a hot topic too of 
how every interview that people have when they're talking about their new album or their tour or whatever it's like well what's next it's like no what I'm talking about right now is what's next it's like please can we just work on what is versus that is always a question too in every interview right and it's like but but what is can we take a minute to appreciate all the hard work that got you to this moment right now is what is so important because that mentality I think is really dangerous for artists I think there's there's people really need to take more focus on mental health for artists well-being and and such as as well as like and I'm a obviously a nut about the voice because so many artists will reach out to me in the middle of like festival season and be like I'm screwed. I'm in the middle of tour or festival season and my voice is crapping out. Please help. And it's like, why are people not taking care of you? You are the moneymaker. You you are the yeah. tour bus. Like if you break down, the bus is screwed. <laughs> like You are literally the business. So yeah, I go off on a bit of a rant when it comes to things like mental health and voice health and all of those kinds of things. But I think I think people really need to give artists a bit more grace when it comes to what are you working on? What are you doing throughout producing content and all of that kind of stuff? Like, yeah, especially now that content's such a big thing. Your face. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, it's not enough that we write the songs, we sing the songs, we perform the songs, but now we have to make content for the songs and constantly be in front of people's faces. And and luckily I love making content, Good, but I just think it's, it's its own job yeah it really is yeah i would love to make content every day all day but like i would also like to write my music and i'd also like to perform my music in front of people Mm -hmm. so i think i'm just learning how to make content doing what i love so like oh i'm already in the writing room writing the song let me just put up my camera yes and show them a clip of the song i love oh i'm already on stage somebody record it Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Harder than I already am. Exactly. You know? I'm doing enough here. <laughs> now that we're not working with the label, do you actually find you have more freedom to actually just do stuff that you want to do? Like, or did you have pressure to do certain things? Like, your content has to be of this standard, and certain things have to be like that way, or what have you? Um, the label was really happy with my content making. Yeah, they would be like, we have to chase some people to right, post, but yeah. you post willy-nilly because i'm just nice i like it yeah um so they were they were always happy about that i just found um what i wanted to release wasn't what they wanted to release sure. i don't even know what they wanted to release i yeah. it's me yeah yeah, yeah um sure. but i definitely wanted to be releasing way more music than i was right and then i got free and there's no bad blood with them they were yeah. very kind yeah. in my departure and then yeah i just released like a bunch of music and that was great, but I think not being with a label, I feel less secure. Okay, okay, yeah. You know, like, cause they at least have a budget if I ever wanted to make music. Totally. And they agreed to it. Yeah. I would have it paid for, but now it's like, okay, you don't have a label, which is a big look to have also. So mm-hmm. it makes it harder for festivals and shows and, right. and all that stuff. Now I'm, it's more all on me to prove my worth, um, which is, definitely scary but it is more freedom to do whatever the heck I want I'm like seriously rooting for you because it's all there do you know what I mean it's like you've got it you've proved it it's there the imposter syndrome can go away immediately because you have it and and I also think oh god at the risk of sounding like an old bat and being really patronizing um 
you're you're so young and like i saw you play at the ccmas and i was in like a black knit thing yeah 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 super chill i was hungover i think i remember you saying that to you <laughs> i made it you and did I it you did it you and i remember it, my voice was tired you sounded great no it sounded great and that actually hearing you say about going off um to work more on your songwriting that makes me really excited because i really enjoyed that showcase from like a songwriter's perspective and hearing the stories behind it and everything that makes me happy because i'm like you seem to be like in a really good element even hungover <laughs> if you can do like if you can yeah. pull that off really hungover that's no i love be... writers rounds especially because i was right next to andrew and he's my friend nice. so it's just like, you know you got the banter yeah 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 no that's awesome yeah. oh so good you're gonna be digging into your writing i hate this because now i'm going off into a what's next tangent but i don't want to go into a what's next tangent so okay um <laughs> i have i have so i have i I'm a pro. I got stuff to tell you. You do. I know you do. You got lots going on. You you're going to be touring again in March, hey? You're you're. Yep. You're touring in March. I have an EP coming out this Friday. I don't know when this episode comes out. Well, we will plug the shit out of the EP because it will be coming out very soon. So yay! Please. And then um yeah so EP tour and then just writing. I love it. I'm literally excited. When I say just writing, I mean. Just, just writing. writing thank god just writing i am so excited for that because honestly yeah that songwriters round was like yeah that's where she that's that's her i her. love i love songwriting yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it that's really i needed cool. it i think i've been asking for it for years and the universe finally said here totally okay so who, who, who would be your like i am gonna pass out throw up do all the things if they come and they're like i want this song or i want you to write for me Sam Hunt. Okay. Um, Maren Morris or Casey Musgraves. Yay! I love all of those yeah. suggestions. If any of them said, hey, what you do, I want it. I would uh, be really happy. I love that yeah. so much. I love that so much. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's just throw that out there for this year. And then next year, we'll catch up and see how many songs they've recorded of yours. <laughs> Sounds good. We got this. We totally got this. So yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And I I wish you all the very, very best with, with that, that journey, because I think that's going to be so good for you. I'm so excited. Um, Thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to share, Robin, about anything that you want you need people to know what is your parting words of wisdom my words of wisdom be nice to everyone because the same people on the way up are the same people on the way down that is really good advice that's what i got always be nice to everybody because you never know who's gonna get ahead and who when you're gonna fall behind yeah so true and also being mean's just like boring right who like yeah mean people suck it's too much admin for me <laughs> love it awesome well thank you so so much for taking the time to chat especially as you've been sick and everything i really really appreciate it so chill get better take care of yourself all right sounds great all right well you take care and have a good day thanks so much robin thank you take bye care. bye 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Robin, thank you for joining me. Please do go check out Growing Up To Do, which is Robin's new EP. You can stream it at robinottolini.com or anywhere else where you get your music. Also, please check out rocketvocalstudios.com if you want to head down to Nashville with us this April. We are going on a rocket road trip for singers and songwriters. Check it all out. It's at rocketvocalstudios.com slash retreats. Thanks again, Robin, and I will be back with more very soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to like, share and subscribe. And if you do leave a review, it's really useful to help others discover the show. You can also check out the weekly vocal workout over on Patreon. I'll leave the links in the show notes where you can access weekly vocal training from yours truly and totally rock your voice. Thanks again for listening. Check out Rocket Vocal Studios on social and on the web. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. 